This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast. This is the highly anticipated Royal Rumble title match retrospective. I'm joined yet again by the official official retrospectiver of the Evan Roberts podcast. You could follow him at DHAP Show. He has his own podcast. It's actually coincidentally called Dennis Has a Podcast. And that, of course, is Dennis Holden. Dennis, welcome back. Thank you for having me, Ev. This is fun because we've been doing these retrospectives for so long that we're now repeating pay-per-views and we're getting creative with them. So a year ago at this time, we just did a Royal Rumble retrospective. We went through every Royal Rumble. We gave our thoughts about it. We had rewatched it in the weeks leading up to the podcast, and it was a lot of fun. Well, we can't do that again, so this time we're getting creative, and we're going through every title match in the history of the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, which, remember, at the beginning didn't have any title matches. Then you had title matches, and then for a period of time, you had multiple title matches. So... The list of matches we are going to go through today, (laughs) if you're scoring at home, is 41. There have been 41 title matches, and I want to make a a clarification early on. We are not including the two Royal Rumbles that had the championship on the line. So that's 39. And so this list that I made has those two matches in there. But it doesn't include the ECW world title matches, which happened when I was going through the WWE Network, and I did not watch because I couldn't do it to myself. No, you're correct. It does not include (laughs) ECW title matches. It does not include the two Royal Rumbles that had the title on the line, obviously the infamous 92 one with Ric Flair winning, and the absolutely stupid one with Roman Reigns putting the title on the line, (laughs) and your boy Triple H winning it, and no ECW matches. So it's the WWF Championship. The WWE Undisputed Championship, actually I think it was WWF Undisputed, WWE title, world title, and now the Universal title. No, don't forget the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. All right, now we're just playing semantics here. Then there's the right. blue belt, the red belt, the <laughs> spinner belt, the spinner edge belt, which doesn't make an opinion. No, no, no. But I, and I lied. It's actually 41 because I didn't count the two Rumble titles. So I apologize. It is 41. Well, just don't, don't question my facts. I mean, I did some good <laughs> research here. Now, here's how I handled things. I went back and watched all of these matches with the exception of the last five years. Because my, what's the problem with that? Come on. Research. Wait, wait, Research. I just, hold on, Dennis. I just said I watched every match but the last five. Now, you want to know why I didn't watch the last Shh, five? Please. Because I remember it. Come on. You remember Chris Jericho in a cage over, hanging over the ring, dropping the... Yes. All right, fair enough. That was a couple of years ago. So you're a prof- I was just talking to someone about this. Your recall is amazing. I remember in 2006, I went to like 30 Mets games. I couldn't tell you a <laughs> damn thing that happened. But if I gave you like July 18th, 2006, you're like Mary Lou Henner, who could go like in the fifth inning, well, the thing with the thing I can't do. There are certain <laughs> things I remember. Like, for example, whenever I talk about Kyrie Irving's shoulder injury, <laughs> I remember that the night he played against the Nuggets, his last game before the injury, Miles Garrett used his helmet as a weapon that night. Wow. It's the same night. Now, who would actually connect those two things? 
Me. You, some random trivia show. Some random trivia show on like, I don't know, some random sports channel. You're going to be the guy. That is true. Now, one other thing. So we're going to go through every match. We're going to try not to spend too much time on each match because, again, there are 41 of them. Please, God. At the end of this retrospective, in a fitting road to WrestleMania moment, we will reveal what our WrestleMania retrospective will be. And the thing about WrestleMania retrospective is there's so many we can do. We've done the main events. We could do intercontinental title. What I'm really looking forward to do is doing individual wrestlers. So we'll reveal what our WrestleMania retrospective will be at the end of the show, much like the Royal Rumble basically tells you the main event of WrestleMania by the end of their show. I'm excited. So let's kick it off with the first ever title match in Royal Rumble history. It was back in 1991. The WWF champion, the Ultimate Warrior, was defeated. He lost the championship to Sergeant Slaughter. So this happened in 1991. Uh, the Warrior was in the red, white, and blue. They, they were going through their American phase once again. Sergeant Slaughter turned against America. Uh, before the match, or right at the beginning of the match, uh, Warrior breaks and rips the Iraqi flag, and, uh, and lots of flag attacks at the beginning of the match. <laughs> Sherry runs down early, uh, and then Macho attacks. Then he comes in again. Hits him with the scepter. This is just uh, became a figure as part of the Elite Series with the macho and the pink uh, outfit. Uh, scepter, one, two, three. You know what happened in this match? Because obviously it was a very schmozzy ending. The macho man cost the warrior the title. If I'm not mistaken, for the very first time, a fad was created by the announcers. A, quote, not like this scream <laughs> as the heel was becoming champion, which became very famous during the Attitude Era. No, 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 not like this. You have Gorilla and Piper, who was doing the call on this. If you go back, they were screaming, no, 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 not like this. We can't have a new champion like this. And then there was a very dramatic, what did the officials decide? There was this whole mm-hmm. thing about... Uh, is it a disqualification? What happened here? And they dramatically announced Sergeant Slaughter as champion. And look, I, I mean, I hated it. Because remember, at this moment, Sergeant Slaughter had been back in the company for a few months. The warrior was still the warrior. This was not the guy to beat the ultimate warrior for the title. It was a schmozzy ending. It obviously led to this horrible anti-American angle with Slaughter. And I remember as an eight-year-old watching this, or a seven-year-old watching this, I hated it. I didn't like this. But think about the, the heels they put the belt on in the previous years to, as a transitional champion. They weren't exactly the, the biggest stars in the company. So th- th- this is still early WWF. I wasn't used to it, though. Uh, I guess. Iron Sheik was still before my time, and it was before your time. This was the first time we really got a, you know, a heel. You know, Sergeant Slaughter's run to, to, to bring it back to a more recent time reminds me of what's-his-name. You know who I'm talking Jinder about. Jinder Mahal? Jinder Mahal, thank you. Do not hinder Jinder. I love Jinder. Love him. He's coming back. But Jinder Mahal, pre-winning the title and post-winning the title, was a nothing. Same with Sergeant Slaughter. What about like JBL? Uh, I thought JBL had a better post-title run than either Slaughter or Jinder Mahal so far. It is, I think this match is most remembered for the Macho Man Scepter, the Macho yes. King Scepter. Well, and leading to that feud. Sure, right, exactly. So, I mean, it, it did say something about your title reign when you're not really remembered for the action that made it happen. Yeah, and it also was the WWF admitting they made a mistake by putting the belt on Warrior. Well, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other discussion. This, this one match could become a podcast on its own. <laughs> uh, 92 was obviously the Royal Rumble with the title online. In 1993, and this was the beginning of the era that we're used 
used to. Title match plus the Rumble has the stipulation for the first time that the winner goes to WrestleMania. Bret Hart's taking on Razor Ramon. I rewatched this match. The number one thing that jumps out at me is how freaking awesome Bobby the Brain Heenan was. <laughs> this may have been one of his best called matches. It was just a really good wrestling mat, a match. I like how Brett got the sharpshooter at the end. They were both laying down on the ground, kind of slips Stuck the sharpshooter on, on, and then quickly gets Razor Ramon to, to give up. And Razor Ramon, by the way, was in the WWE for like five minutes at this point. So I don't think any of us actually thought he was taking the title. Well, it's kind of like when, again, watching all these matches reminded me of Sheamus when he won the belt randomly at the end of 2009. Like Razor, we all love Razor now, but at the time, you know, you had the vignettes, but we hadn't really seen them work. This is the beginning of them using WWF title matches to be showcases for actual wrestling and competent uh, in-ring work. It was a great match. You saw a lot of those different things. And like you said, Heenan uh, helped to make the characters. And oh. that's something that's missing now is that, you know, the, the announcers and some of these matches, I didn't write it down. I wish I did. I'm thinking of uh, the 99. So remind me of that when we get there. But of uh, Jim Ross and Heenan and those guys, they make the characters. The characters make the story. The story makes yes. the product great. And you don't see that as much now. But like you said, when, uh, when a competent announcer is doing their best work, they make everyone look like studs. And I think it was Gorilla and Bobby, and that was a dream team, an absolute dream team. Uh, Royal Rumble 1994 featured a casket match. Yokozuna retains the WWF Championship against The Undertaker. So here are my notes. I was like, Crush, The Great Kabuki, Generico, Tenuru, Bam Bam Bigelow interfered, but The Undertaker was able to fight back until Mr. Fuji stole Mr. The, the Undertaker's urn from Paul Bearer. Then Yokozuna opened the urn, smoke poured out, then Adam Bomb, Jeff Jarrett, the Head Shrinkers, and Diesel came out, and then after all of that happens, uh, it ends up, uh, the Yokozuna ends up closing, or everyone closes the casket on The Undertaker, which leads to the post-match thing, which is probably the most memorable part. This is the worst. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, of all of the things we are going to talk about, this was the worst title match in Royal Rumble history because I could not get over the fact, and again, I'm 10 years old at the time, that every freaking heel came out, beat up The Undertaker, and not one face would come out and help him. Does everybody hate The Undertaker? <laughs> well, how does he get to different shows? From city to city to city, how does he travel? He doesn't have a he doesn't have a uh, a driving partner. How's he getting from city to city? Dude, he doesn't have a friend in the world. He doesn't have a friend in the world. <laughs> and then the levitation or the death, however you want to define it. I love when Conrad and Bruce Pritchard on that great podcast that they have something to wrestle with. When they've ever talked about this, it's my favorite because Conrad screams, <laughs> they killed him. And Bruce is like, no, it's a levitation or whatever he claims. Look, I don't know what the hell it was, but as a child, I was really confused by it. And it just, it didn't work. It, do, it didn't work then. It doesn't work now. Uh, this is one of my least favorite m title matches in Rumble history. And it's also a weird time for The Undertaker because when he came in in 90... I was terrified of him as like six, seven years old. And at 10, 10, 11 years old at this point, I wasn't scared of him. I think I was more confused yes. than anything about what was happening. So it was a different uh, moment in time for The Undertaker. Royal Rumble 1995, Diesel against Bret Hart. It's a WWF title match. Diesel is the sort of newly crowned champion. Remember, he took it from Bob Backlund after he took it from Bret Hart at Survivor Series. 
This match ends in a draw. This is great storytelling. This is actually actually the main event of the show, and I like to make note of that when that happens. This is a great match. Great storytelling. Great in ring uh, talking with the knee and the uh, the injuries and the whole thing. HB comes HBK comes out and attacks Diesel after a jackknife. Then Owen Hart attacks Brett while he has a sharpshooter in. I thought it was really dope. Did it, did, was it awesome that it was 27 minutes and ends in a draw? No, but for this is probably Kevin Nash's best match. Oh, it's a great match. Yeah. No, I, and that's, a, that's an amazing compliment. A, it's Kevin Nash, and B, it's 27 minutes with no outcome, and you could actually say it was a pretty good match. I don't know if at the time they had a better ending than this because Diesel just became champion. They're not taking the belt off of him. He's not beating Brett clean. I guess you could have had him beat Brett in a hard-fought match, but there really wasn't a way to do it, and you wanted to further the other storylines. So you further the Shawn Michaels-Diesel stuff. You further the the Bret Hart-Owen stuff, I guess, and someone ended up out there. Uh, even Jeff Jarrett interfered in this match. What's up with Jeff Jarrett always interfering? What else is he doing? I guess. And here's two things about this match that were really awesome, knowing the future. Number one, Brett acted like a heel in this match. Mm -hmm. He ties up Diesel in the corner, beats the crap out of him. But a little bit later on, less than a year later, when Diesel does lose the title, he loses to to Brett at Survivor Series Mm -hmm. on one of the great endings in wrestling history. Brett played possum when Diesel went for the jackknife, turned it into a small package, and beat him. Brett tried to do this in this match. Did you notice that? No. Late in the match, he played possum, and turned it into a small package, except Diesel kicked out of it. So it's almost like they were playing with the ending that we would see nine months later, or more than that, 11 months later. When you're not having the same match over and over and over and over and over again, you can kind of put those little Easter eggs in these matches for later oh, on. Yeah. You can't That's do true. it now. But like when you think about the, the Attitude Era, like you know, when they're building those storylines out, they were able to plant those Easter eggs and kind of you were able to see where it was going to go. They're not able to do that now because these guys are so uh, attached at the hip. Yeah, but this was Diesel slash Kevin Nash, one of his best matches. Royal Rumble 1996, this was the main event of the show. The Undertaker defeats Bret Hart. Bret Hart retains the WWF title because The Undertaker defeated him via disqualification. So here we got back-to-back, no finishes. Draw, this time a DQ. Yeah, it's going to be a recurring theme as we go along. There's not a lot of definitive uh, results or a lot of... earth-shattering changes during these Royal Rumble title matches. Uh, this is the Phantom Taker, uh, which with the Phantom of the Opera mask and the, that plays was, into the ending. Do you know the origin of why he was wearing that mask? Do you remember? I forget. I, I always remember Hogan at WrestleMania 9. I know that story, but I forget, well, I forget Taker's story, though. I don't remember off the top of my head. It was weird, though. But the big story here is uh, Diesel's heel turn going into Mania. Yeah, <sighs> Why was this then? I guess I know why it was the main event, because they're trying to give you a crazy diesel. He didn't win the Royal Rumble. I think he got last eliminated by Shawn Michaels. He was pissed off then. So you got crazy diesel. But I hate a pay-per-view ending with a disqualification. And the Diesel Undertaker feud, which obviously culminated at WrestleMania, to me isn't enough to end a Royal Rumble pay-per-view. So that's one thing that bothered me. They also made Brett look weak because the Undertaker had him beat with the tombstone and then Diesel comes out. So like it looked like Brett was going to lose. And oh, one other thing, Diesel giving the Undertaker the middle finger. <laughs> This is 1996, Dennis. This isn't Stone Cold Steve Austin yet. Does does, does the Undertaker know what the middle finger is? He seemed offended by it. (laughs) 
<laughs> he didn't no, seem bothered. But it, it's funny because you're able to put these going back, uh, and we're coming up on, on you know Michaels and Undertaker. But it's funny how they try to keep. It, I don't know how you're able to write for Undertaker as a character. Like I wouldn't be able to do it because for someone that's that strong, mm-hmm. usually when they do it, when they do it with uh, Vladimir Kozlov, if they do it with uh, Yokozuna, they do it with Umaga, they do it with whoever it might be, they're able to book them super strong for three months, six months, nine months, but then they're not really able to do anything with them again. With The Undertaker, they've had 30 years of it. So right. during this time, it was six years in. Yeah, he was still, and I think I've heard Brett talk about this, or maybe he wrote about it in his book how it's tough to work with the undertaker because he's supposed to no sell everything and i could be wrong about this but it felt at the time as if this was the first ever undertaker bret hart match now they ended up having a very memorable match at SummerSlam not too long later but they didn't fight a lot and think about it back in the day these are two of the biggest stars in the company two of the rocks of the company they didn't have a lot of matches but i guess it's easier when you're not you know making monday night raw three hours and needing you know these huge ratings and having a plus matches all the time you can keep people away from each other and now with the brand split you could do that a little bit right but it's harder and harder to do 1997 Royal Rumble. This, too, is the main event. Shawn Michaels wins back the WWF Championship. At the Alamo Dome, he defeats Psycho Sid. It's a 14-minute match. It's also the main event. It's our first title change at a Royal Rumble. Since H- Slaughter. Since Slaughter, correct. Thank you for that. Don't forget that. HBK hits him with the, uh, the, the camera. Super kick, one and two. And three. Did you like him hitting with the camera? I know it was revenge for Survivor Series, but does Sean need to hit him with a camera? No, the face should never get that kind of revenge. I mean, it's it it fits with the Shawn Michaels character, but again, you know, when we're kids, it felt like these these uh, alignments, these face and heel alignments, lasted forever. But they really didn't. They just they just really didn't. Yeah. So Shawn, you know, it felt like he was a heel forever. Then he felt like he was a face forever. But he was only really a good guy for what a year and a half. Maybe? Things feel longer when you look at it back in the day than they actually were. I listened to a podcast that said such things, so there's science behind it. No, it's, it's true. Like, I'll give you a great example quickly before we get to the next match. At this point, it's 1997. 14 years before 1997 was 1983. Prehistoric WWF wrestling. Randy Orton's been wrestling for 14 years. So think More that, than that. More than that. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? 17 years. Okay, so... Se- Think about how foreign 97 to 83 sounds, and yet here's Randy Orton, who's been wrestling for a longer period of time than that. Well, I mean, when we were kids, we were, in, that makes we were in high school in 2000. Right. So when we were in high school, thinking about 1980 felt like 50 years ago. It did. Now, 20 years ago, is 2000, and we were people in 2000. That's true. <laughs> you think it's just because we're older? Is that the whole thing here? Uh, probably, but it, but it is the kind of thing where you get more experience, more things happen, and it just spins and spins and spins. Uh, we're going to do an episode of Dennis has a podcast about the passage of time. Oh, so I'm going to listen to that. Yeah, well, I will clearly download that. <laughs> Summer, uh, Summer Slim, Jesus. Royal. <laughs> I just changed my mind in the middle of this. Royal Rumble 1998. This also is the main event, by the way. How about that? Shawn Michaels defeats The Undertaker, so second straight Rumble match victory, except he retains the WWF Championship against The Undertaker in a casket match. I think this the thing the, the, this match is most remembered for is Shawn taking that back bump, which leads to his, his, retire, his first retirement. Uh, he's out of the company for four years. Uh, the jumping tombstone was a, a, yes. a pretty badass move there. Kane comes in and clears house and then uh, turns on The Undertaker. The casket's set on fire again, and The Undertaker comes back 
back from the dead again and tells him that there's going to be revenge. We all knew what was happening because remember, they led to this pay-per-view with, oh my God, Kane and The Undertaker are friends. None of us actually believe that. You know, We knew the inevitable split. Kind of reminds me of something recently on AEW with the former Dean Ambrose, John Moxley and Chris Jericho, where you know Moxley's turning on Jericho, but they want to make you believe. And they, they did actually a fairly good job, AEW, of making you believe I remember as a kid kind of hoping Kane and The Undertaker were going to be a team, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. So you knew Sean's retaining, Kane's going to come out. What was weird is how, do you remember Los Berwikwas and the Outlaws came out in this match? They sure did. What the hell was the point of that? But with the, the Outlaws weren't in DX yet. Not quite yet. No. Why does every heel like to gang up on The Undertaker? This is, this is a common thing at the Royal He's Rumble. the undead. It's like the plot of Cats. It's like you're trying to get to heaven, but you don't know how to get there. So to avoid hell, you try to get to heaven. Did you like this match? I, I didn't love it. I don't love casket matches. Yeah, I don't like it either. Maybe that's the problem. I think casket matches are stupid. Because like I don't love ladder matches either, but when they're done correctly, they could be super dope. Yeah. Because you know, you think back of Shawn Michaels' Razor, you right. think back of Jericho and he shall not be named. Jericho and HBK. Jericho. No, I'm not going to do Jericho over and over again. But <laughs> but like I don't love gimmick matches where a thing has to happen. Yeah. A flag match, a, a four corners match, I whatever. Agree. The casket. It's so anticlimactic that you have to get the person in the casket, then you have to close it, and the whole thing. I didn't love it, especially when, again, a million people are running in to make the thing happen. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. This is a fun one to talk about. Royal Rumble 1999, an I Quit match. The Rock defeats Mankind and became the new WWF champion. So starting from here, I've watched these in the last like week or so. So these are like fresh in my mind. I forgot about the electrical circuit board spot where it kind of exploded. And whatever. With Mick Fo- with anybody else, it probably would have been a cool spot. And then seeing it over again, it actually was a pretty decent spot. But with Foley and all the crazy stuff that he does, it, it, it was all right. I'm like, yeah, this is a little cheesy. I didn't love it. Um, the blown table spot where they fall through the table that was something to remind. I also remember Shane's oversized suit. He couldn't wear normal size clothes in 1999. Uh, but what this match will be remembered more so than just about anything else. Mankind is uh, handcuffed behind his back. Not one, not two, not five, not eight, not nine. 10 unprotected chair shots to Mick Foley's head, and 20 years later, he's not the same man. It, this, this is a really tough match to watch. It's, t- it's impossible and to watch. He, okay, so the ending of it I thought was creative with them playing Mick Foley saying I quit from a previous Raw. Obviously, there was no way Mankind was going to quit. Like We knew that going in, that either he was just going to pass out, he was going to win, or they were going to do something shady like this. I remember watching at the time, and this is 1999. We don't know as much about concussions. I, I remember at the time saying this is just too much. And this is just way too I mean, how many chair shots to the head can you give a human being? And I think knowing what we know now, going back on it, it's even tougher to watch. But I do remember watching this as a kid thinking it's just too violent. And I never really thought that a lot during wrestling matches. I think falling through a a cage and falling onto a table felt feels less violent to me than literally hitting a man with a freaking chair across the head while he's handcuffed 10 times in a row. I think the match was over the top. It does not stand up well. And I hadn't watched Beyond the Mat probably in like 20 years, so I don't really remember what was going on there. But as they're going up the, the rampway, you can see um, Hebner yelling at Rock, and it almost felt more than kayfabe. It felt like he was like, 
you gotta stop hitting him in the head. Put the mic in his face. <laughs> you gotta stop. This is one of those Dwayne Johnson rock moments they want you to forget. I don't think this is something that's talked about very much. When he runs for president in 25 years, I wonder if this is going to be a part of the debates. Oh, yes. This should be played. This should be mentioned. Uh, let's go to the Royal Rumble in 2000. This was at Madison Square Garden. I was there that night. Triple H defeats Mankind. He retains the WWF title in a street fight. More handcuffs, more chair shots to the head, uh, a back body drop onto the thumbtacks, and what really felt like a good like 1,500 thumbtacks yes. that he falls into. Uh, Cactus kicks out of the pedigree, then a second pedigree onto the thumbtacks, which again... Everyone looked, but you, you could tell Hebner. Hebner did the uh, the count into the thumbtack. So after the he's announcing the winner, you could see him like picking at it. I forgot about the rock running, which will set up yeah. uh, the or I think was originally supposed to set up the original Mania main event, which is obviously expanded. Um, and this is what I grew up on. Really, I, I started watching WWF again in like ninety seven, ninety eight. But Foley was my dude more so than anybody else, and these uh, matches, these H uh, Cactus Jack H Mankind matches. Really do it for me. It was fun watching it That's back. That's true. Let me other ref- than the thumbtacks. And I want to correct myself. It was Triple H against Cactus Jack. Oh, Mankind. I put- no, I said Mankind. Okay. Oh, no, that's I- my mistake. Not okay. yours. Not uh-huh. yours. I mean, it's the same guy. We all get the idea of it. I thought Triple H was made to look like a champion who wasn't trading the title with Mankind or Cactus Jack the way The Rock did. I did not like that the year before where they were trading the title all the time. So I like that they kept Triple H strong. But they also made Mankind look good. Cactus Jack looked good, like you mentioned, kicking out of the pedigree. So I remember watching this at the time thinking this is the way they should have booked Rock Mankind the year before. Where Because I didn't like the fact that The Rock kept losing to Mankind, whether it was on Raw or it was at a halftime heat. Like They kept trading titles. I don't like that. It, it takes away from the title. But this was a great match. I remember being there at the time at the Garden. Uh, the Rock ended up winning the Royal Rumble. Him and Big Show were the last two guys. There was supposed controversy from it. So... It's memorable in my mind being in the building for that one at the Garden. And there's a match coming up that I want to talk about where it, there is a way to make both guys look good and make both guys, you know, profitable going forward. Are you going to tell me when you get to that point? Yeah, it's coming up. It's oh, coming okay. Up. It's coming up. Let's go to Royal Rumble <laughs> 2001 where it was heel versus heel. This is a rare one. Kurt Angle retains the WWF title. He defeats Triple H. Because watching this, it looks like H was getting face heat, but like he was not getting enough. That, all right, that was weird. All right, because I was trying to remember those alignments. So at uh, the time, I, let me ask you this. So when you're rewatching this, you weren't sure who the face was? No, I wasn't. It was heel versus heel. Okay. I remember it. I mean, I was watching the WWF at the time, and I, I thought it was so cool at the time that they were booking Kurt Angle Triple H. Now, it was really banked around Trish Stratus and Stephanie yeah, McMahon. What was that about? Well, okay, so Trish was having an affair with Vince. Vince McMahon, you remember that? right. But why was she with Kurt? Why was who with Kurt? Why was Trish with Kurt? She I, went to the ring with him. I think that was because... I don't remember. All right, fair enough. All, <laughs> I right. Remember. All I know is Trish and Stephanie hated each other. Okay, Maybe that's enough. what it was, because Stephanie was with... Wait, wasn't there also an angle where Triple H was accidentally in a position with Trish Stratus that made Stephanie jealous? Was that before or after this? I don't remember. It all it all mushes together. Yeah, fair enough. This will be a game show at some point that we do. Maybe this will be a future episode where we give you two moments, right? And you try to pick which one happened first. Well, when Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out and cost Triple H the match, mm-hmm. did that not confuse you? Because obviously Austin is a face. 
and Kurt Angle got the assist from Steve Austin. It was just a, it was different and I liked it, but it was a genuine heel versus heel kind of match. And that's one of those things that made you think, did they know what was going to happen in WrestleMania 17? Because what happened at WrestleMania 17 is that Austin took the belt from Rock. Rock won the belt at the next pay-per-view. So like, what were they setting up here? Were they setting up Austin H and for some reason, like politics happened and it didn't happen? No, I think because Austin and Triple H blew off their the feud, feud at before. the February pay-per-view. It was uh, three stages of hell match with oh, Triple, right. with Triple yeah. H won. Mm-hmm. And, and that was bizarre because Austin had won the Rumble. So here's the number one contender. It wasn't on the line. Lost cleanly to Triple H. It was a great match. But I think they were just building towards the conclusion of Austin Triple H. They were keeping Kurt Angle champion because uh, Kurt Angle had a pretty good run. I mean, that was a, what, a five-month run in an era in which the title was switching places a lot? It was a fun match. And I enjoyed, uh, H did a razor's edge off the, the second rope, which I was not expecting. Yeah, that was a surprise. Yeah. That, that was a good match. It was a good match. Royal Rumble 2002. We have now entered the undisputed title era. Chris Jericho retains the undisputed championship. He defeats The Rock. For some reason, I don't know why in my head, I always thought the NWO interfered in this match. That's and- no way out. Okay, so there's a next one where he's fighting Austin. And that Austin. was Austin, yes. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Lance Storm and Christian come out. There's a Nick Patrick sighting. Uh, it was a low blow, exposed turnbuckle, feet on the ropes. Again, a good match. Jericho, uh, this is not my favorite title run that's ever happened. He had the belt for three months. Um, he was never booked. Even during like the, 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 the his ring entrance, they're like, no one's taking Jericho seriously. Everyone's going up to Rock and saying, after I win the Rumble, I want to make sure we, we, we do whatever. Um, it was, it was, listen, I'm a Jericho Mark, so it was fun to right. see him uh, in his prime, 31 years old with the belt. Um, it, was, it was cool. It was fine. Um, but I knew where it ends up going, you know, so I was a little bit sad. Here's a problem. Looking back at the undisputed title era of Chris Jericho, and really the undisputed title, I get that the, the invasion angle ended at Survivor Series, so you had the two belts. They could have easily kept the two belts going for a while. They didn't have to merge them right away. I think the timing of combining the belts in December was terrible timing. Because you know WrestleMania is four months later. So either WrestleMania have the big mega let's combine the belts or have it done in which the winner can get a sustained run. Mm -hmm. Because look, we know one thing about WrestleMania. More times than not, there is a new champion at WrestleMania. More times than not, especially in this era. Not all the time. Obviously, Triple H retained at WrestleMania 2000, but a lot of times there's a new champion. So if you're giving the heel this undisputed title in December, the simple math tells you the run's ending in April, and that's not a significant enough run. So my biggest problem isn't necessarily just, ah, Chris Jericho wasn't handled right. Combining the titles wasn't handled right. It happened at the wrong time. Is that, a, is that a fair critique? That's a fair critique, and I think part of what hurts it is that Jericho is, what, five foot ten, whatever, whatever he's built out, whatever he is. Him having the two belts over his shoulder didn't, didn't look, look good. good. <laughs> didn't look good. It's interesting. When you think of Danielson when he won the, the two belts, he wore the, the big gold, and he had the, uh, the, the world, right. whatever, universal, the, w, the big W over his shoulder. Looked better. He's smaller than Jericho. And I think part of the reason why no one took Jericho seriously during this time is that he just looked goofy with the two belts the way he had them. I wish... Do you really think that's the reason? I think, I think it's part of the reason. I also think... You're going to disagree with me on this, and that's fine. Merging the WCW and WWF title is a big deal, right? Sure. Would you agree with that? Yeah. It's a big deal. I don't know if it should have been a let's make a star moment as opposed to... Let's give an already established champion this crowning achievement. And that's why 
rebooking it, looking back on it, if they weren't going to have the proper invasion, which they didn't, because the proper invasion would have been Goldberg-Austin, let's combine the titles. If it's going to be mainly WWF stars, the merging of the title should have been Austin Rock, because they're clearly the two biggest stars of the era. And we didn't get that. We got them on the separate nights fighting separate matches at uh, the Vengeance pay-per-view, and it felt like it wasn't a big moment. I mean, Jericho combining the titles at an off-brand pay-per-view, not the Rumble, not WrestleMania, I, I, takes something away from I it. I didn't buy that pay-per-view. When Jericho won the belt for the first time, he won the uh, WCW, WCW belt at, uh, was it No Mercy? It was one October. of those. Yeah, it was one October of those. October 2001. I right. bought that because I knew, I was very confident he was going to win. I, I begged my mother to spend the 39 90 whatever to, <laughs> to watch it. He hits him with the chair. He does the, the breakdown onto the chair. He wins the belt. It's a big deal. But like you said, I I didn't I wasn't expecting Jericho to win. I wasn't expecting a big moment. It's an off-brand pay-per-view. So someone like me, who's a Jericho Mark, I had to you know, find out about it on the dirt sheets the next day. So now we move into an era in which there are multiple title matches, okay, uh, at the Royal Rumble, because now we've got two titles. And this is amazing to me. Royal Rumble 2003 featured two world title matches, one of which could be the worst title match we've ever seen. And the other one may be the best title match we've ever seen. What do you, what? No, 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 no. Steiner Triple H is tremendous. It was great. It was really good. It was really what good. What are you doing? It's, it's tremendous. Scott Steiner was a face for some reason. Why is Scott Steiner a face? Why is it a thing that happened? He suplexes him over and over. And it's basically a 2019 Brock Lesnar match. It was really good. No, are you being sarcastic? I'm not being sarcastic You thought at all. Scott Steiner defeating Triple H via DQ. Triple H retains the world title. Loved it. You thought that was a great match. Not a great. I loved it, though. I loved you it. loved it. I loved it. Because it was, it was stupid. It was stu- It was just like, it was way better. Than, it's sort of like, when, you know, when you go to see like, uh, like a Fast and the Furious movie, and it's like, you know what? I'm going to go see it because it, I need to see it because I want to talk right. to people about it. And then you leave, which is like, that was way better than I expected it being. Like, The Rock was holding a helicopter by a, by a thing. That's what this match was. I, I can't play this every, game. This every, is one of the worst matches of all time. Every time Scott Steiner does a suplex, Scott Steiner did like 15 suplexes. It was horrible. He didn't hurt him. He didn't, like, every time he's doing the over belly to belly of overhead <laughs> suplex, I'm like, don't drop look, him on look, his head. Look, there's two things. Number one, you hit it right on the head. Scott Steiner can not be a face and fighting for the world title against Triple H. Triple H is a really good wrestler. We can do a whole podcast disagreeing about it, but Triple H's worst time as a wrestler is right now. He got too big. He got too muscular. He didn't move well. His face is bloated. I'm with you on that. Yeah, like if this was 1999 Triple H, I think this would have been decent. Obviously, if it was 1993 Scott Steiner, it would have been awesome. Sure. Frankensteiner. Frankensteiner. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But this was a terrible idea. And then to have a DQ ending, like I loved everything. I, I loved everything about it. It, it was just, it was like, why is this happening? Like the the the, the air raid sirens going off and the crowds right. losing their minds. People have Scott Steiner's sides. <laughs> it was so bad. Oh, it was so great. So, but but the next one. This is what I want to talk about. Well, it's Kurt Angle defeating Chris Benoit. Kurt Angle retains the WWE title. First off, Team Angle, so good. Yes. Team Angle is so good. But what I love about this match is what I wanted to talk about maybe 10 minutes ago is that they made a star here. And, you know, Benoit had matches with the, I believe before this, he had matches with The Rock for the title. He had matches for the title. Yes. And he was, yes. He was a fringe main eventer. That's a great description. Fringe main eventer. And, yes. But I love when they have these opportunities when you have a talented guy and you, you put him out there and you let him sink or swim. And Kurt Angle made Benoit look like a stud. Oh. It was a great match. I mean, this is... I watched this entire match, and I walked away thinking, 
A, Kurt Angle is the greatest of all time because there's so many of these kinds of mm-hmm. Angle matches that we can cite. And two, I started thinking, is this the greatest title match we've ever seen? Like, was this match better than Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels? That wasn't a title match at WrestleMania because that was my gold standard thinking back on it. Obviously, Steamboat, Randy Savage, Icy Top. There's a lot of matches you can look at. Mm-hmm. But watching this again, oh my God, it was amazing. The false finishes in terms of is he going to give up because Mm -hmm. these are two submission experts i mean extremely good and i'm a big sucker because angle did this to michaels when he beat him where he's got you in the ankle lock he's about to get out of it then he pulls you back in the middle of the ring and then finally it's just it's too much this is one of the great matches you'll ever see i recommend anybody go who has the network go back and watch it angle benoit 2003 i knew the outcome because it was clear we were le- leading towards Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar. Absolutely. So, but the match was so good that at times I was like, wait a second, maybe I'm going to be wrong. No, maybe Benoit's going to win. Maybe Benoit's going to be champion. Didn't happen, but amazing match. And we're coming into an era, maybe not quite yet, but in the late aughts, early 2010s, where you're having established main eventers versus not quite established main eventers that are able to, they're not winning the matches. Because of the multiple titles, I think, right? I think that's part of it for sure, but it's an opportunity to, the Royal Rumble is usually a match where the the, the guy with the belt is going to retain, but it's an opportunity to, to give someone a title match that doesn't usually get a title match, and it's an opportunity to showcase themselves. And you're right. I mean, if you're paying attention or keeping score at home, a lot of retains. You very rarely see new champions. I mean, The Rock defeating Mankind was a new champion, but we talked about how they flipped the titles a lot. Shawn Michaels, Sid... And obviously, Slaughter, that's it. I mean, there's a lot of retaining because obviously we're leading towards WrestleMania. They don't like to have that many title changes. 2004, this may surprise you. Royal Rumble, 2004, I was there. I was in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, I lived in D.C. at the time. My dad met me in Philadelphia. Uh, Chris Benoit would win this Royal Rumble. He would win it as entrant number one, which is so awkward for the WWE because being entrant number one in the Rumble is a big deal. We're going to see Brock Lesnar do it at this year's Rumble. And they have to be vague about who's won as entrant number one because of Benoit. Because obviously they don't mention him. Totally get it. Guy's an awful human being, murderer. We get it. But they have to leave him out. They always have to say, well, Shawn Michaels did it. Um, Shawn Michaels is among the guys to do it because they don't want to mention it. Well, it's like with the, the network. Every time someone has a match against them, it's uh, Kurt Angle has WWE title match right. against somebody. It's just, you know, it's awkward because winning the Rumble at number one is a big deal and you have to leave it a little like blank. But this was that Rumble. I just want to give it some some background. They were two title matches. (laughs) Let's start with this one. Brock Lesnar retains the WWE title against Hardcore Holly. Any thoughts on this? It was five minutes longer than I thought it was going to be. Do you remember why they had this match, where, what the grudge came from? Didn't he injure Holly like a year before? Yeah, Lesnar broke his neck. And I don't think it was on purpose. I think it just happened. He's a giant human being who just can't control it. <laughs> right. And so Holly wanted revenge for Brock breaking his neck a year and a half earlier. This was just it was a waste of time. When he hits the Alabama slam on him, you're like, oh, no. maybe, no. maybe. But he doesn't like follow it up. I don't think he followed it up with a pin or nothing. Like it was, it, it was, listen, it's six minutes. It was what looking, is what it is. Looking back at this, if they knew what was happening and they didn't, they didn't know what their plan was, Eddie Guerrero should have taken the title from him at this event, not the month later. I yeah. think that would have been cooler. Can't disagree. The other match 
was Triple H, Shawn Michaels in a draw for the world title. It was a last man standing match, and both guys could not answer the bell a draw. The So in all of the H matches ahead of this, he bled what felt like almost every match, if not every match. Right. Um, in this match, the blood... He, they were they were both so bloody that H couldn't get the pedigree on Shawn Michaels. Like he slipped through his legs and he like kind of <laughs> barely had it happen. Uh, so the blood was certainly a thing, uh, and the chair shots to the head. And you know, in the '90s, it's something that like I accepted as a thing that happened. But this is 2004, and I, and there's still a few more years of these uh, chair shots to the head. But in 2004, it was jarring the, seeing these these shots to the head. It was, it was again tough to watch. It was. Crowd was not happy. There was no winner. It was yet another Triple H Shawn Michaels match. I figured Triple H would win. Would win. I think we all thought at the time we were getting Triple H Benoit. We know what they did with this. They turned it into a triple threat match, which which worked. It worked well because it was a great match. Royal Rumble 2005. We got a couple of matches. First, JBL retains the WWE title in a triple threat match, defeats Kurt Angle and The Big Show. Uh, I think the big takeaways from this are Mark Jindrak and Luther Reigns. Totally forgot about them. And Orlando Jordan uh, pushing JBL into the ring and hitting the, uh, the clothesline from Wall Street or from hell or wherever it was from <laughs> to win the match. The admi- What do you call those guys? The administration? The administra- the, yeah, right? The administration? Yeah, at this point, I'm starting The to- cabinet. The cabinet, that was it. That go. was close. Yeah. At this point, I was buying into JBL. Um when he first got the title, it was the same thing with Sergeant Slaughter. We mentioned that earlier. I didn't take him seriously. He had just teamed up with Farouk a month earlier. He was in the APA, but by this point, the title run is legit. It's long. I'm kind of liking him as a heel champion. Uh, I'm, I'm believing in JBL, and I think the only question was, okay, who's he going to lose the title to at WrestleMania? Because that's what you do when you have a, a heel have that title for so long. He's going to drop it to somebody we started to get the sense that it would be John Cena because he was so over with mm-hmm. the crowd. Sounds like a weird statement, doesn't it? John Cena was so over with the crowd. They loved him. But it was true. Uh, the match was okay, though. I mean, it wasn't anything. Yeah, it was right 12-04. So, I mean, it was perfectly fine. Triple H defeats Randy Orton to retain the world heavyweight title. I think the biggest takeaway I had from this match was how high Randy Orton jumped when he was attempting the RKO. Like he was really going for it during this era. When he, when H pushes him out of the ring, like that was a pretty fun spot. Uh, Orton was a pretty decent face, I, better than I remembered him being at the time. Nah, he sucked. I think when they hot shotted him to the belt in 04, he, I didn't like him, but here he has got a little bit more momentum. It was a solid match. I mean, Orton was a li- again. He's still. Not lanky, but he's tall. Right. Tall and not like, you know, filled out, but he's a little bit more filled out than he leaned out a little bit later on. So it was interesting seeing he, this era pre uh, legend killer Randy Orton. Yeah, I mean, I hated this feud. I didn't think Randy Orton was a very uh, good face. What? It was fine. I didn't like it. I'm being uh, honest with you. I appreciate the honesty. Well, you'll like this piece of honesty. How about your typical long ass Triple H pin? That's like a trademark of Triple H. <laughs> Let me pin you for eight seconds. It makes me look good. That's what he's thinking. Stupid Triple H. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. And, and, and the seeds, by the way, are planted for Batista. I mean, you. this is, it is so obvious what they're doing, and I think we're all just jacked about what they're doing. <laughs> I thought that was a great angle. Royal Rumble 2006. First, John Cena defeats Edge. We have a new WWF champion, WWE champion. Remember, Edge had cashed in money in the bank at New Year's Resolution. 
John Cena is your new champion. Uh, this was a submission, a A uh, or FU into an STFU, a title change. This was in Miami, and you made mention of Cena, so I'm like, this is a y- almost a year after he first won the belt. Was the crowd still into him? This Miami crown was very much into Cena. Uh, I love Edge. Edge is probably one of my top five of all time. I thought this was great. Uh, I don't love the spinner belt. I don't like Edge with the spinner belt. What they should have done, and I understand they sold a ton of the spinner belts, right. um, but they should have done it immediately. As soon as Cena dropped the belt, Edge should have went back to Did some era of a belt. like the entrance that John Cena had? He entered oh, on spaceship. a spacecraft. <laughs> what the hell was that about? I didn't put the, Did I put that in my notes? Uh, Cena stage. I did put that in my Cena notes. Cena stage. <laughs> I disagree with you about something. I disagree with you about something. You could sense the crowd starting to turn on him. Now... Wasn't overwhelming. Oh, there's some booze in there, man. Listen, they booed Hogan. I mean, there's always going to be some booze. I get it, but it was the first time you were starting to hear the crowd say, I don't love Cena. I, so here's what kind of sucks. Edge is a Hall of Famer. We all respect Edge like Edge. He's the first ever casher inner of the money in the bank, and it lasts a month. Three weeks. Three weeks, even less than a month. I still kind of don't love that. I still don't love that. In fact, looking back at what they did, you'll really like what I'm about to say. Please. John Cena should have lost the title in a cash-in. He shouldn't have got a rematch. He should have had to have gone back and won the Rumble, and we should have gotten Cena edge at WrestleMania, as opposed to what we got, which was Triple H John Cena. You could have gotten that a year later, even though Triple H got hurt. Your thoughts on that? Completely. I love that. Would that have been a big enough deal to give us that? Or was was Edge not ready? Edge, I think Edge was ready, but he wasn't a main eventer yet. So, so that's easy for me to say now. Nah, wouldn't have worked at the time. I agree. I, yeah, I think it would have worked, but it would have been probably the greenest guy in a main event uh, of WrestleMania that wasn't like Lawrence Taylor or something. All right, fair enough. This is a weird one. So, this is a main event. Now, we haven't said there's been a, a title match main event. In fact, the last time there was a title match main event was 1998, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, and a casket match. But believe it or not, Kurt Angle defeating Mark Henry to retain the world title was the main event. And when I went back and watched it, I was confused why it was the main event, and then I realized why it was the main event, because the ending featured The Undertaker showing up, riding a horse, the ring collapsing, and my old co-worker Taz screaming, holy Curse words. Sure. Well, first off, he wasn't riding a horse. He was a, a oh. horse-drawn carriage, oh, sorry. if you will. <laughs> um, Davari was Mark Henry's manager. Do you remember that? Not really, no. I, I don't remember that at all. Another chair shot to the head. Uh, but yeah, the lightning bolts. I, just, we, I remember being in my buddy's basement in 2006. We're all like, why is this the main event? And then the ring, <laughs> collapse, then the ring collapses, and we're like... I get it wasn't cool enough to and but this is this is what happened. They fought at the next pay per view. Yes, and Kurt Angle retained. Yes, what what? It should have been WrestleMania. Yeah, it was weird. No, it should have been WrestleMania. I mean, look, there were two things at this event that should have been the main event: John Cena winning back the title, fine main event; Rey Mysterio winning the Royal Rumble for Eddie Guerrero, absolutely could be the main event. So it's funny how there were two other viable options, but. Undertaker being a supernatural freak needs to be the end all be all. And it was over the top. I mean, what is he? He's got lightning power now. And the crowd wasn't like super into it either. The the crowd was confused. The Undertaker came out of you didn't watch this and destroyed the ring with his hand. Like he like he fired fire out of his hand and the ring collapsed and Taz screamed a holy S H I, you know, T. Thank thank you for filling. I I thought it was P. I thought he was yelling ships. (laughs) 
No, the the Undertaker was Emperor Palpatine for some reason. What no, was it was the point of that. I, I listen. I don't know. I, to, to your point, their match was at no way out. By the way, great match. Oh, great match. Should have been a WrestleMania. And I think that began the the Undertaker's like crazy. Uh, WrestleMania streak that he had from like the end of the aughts into the early 2010s. Uh, we should talk about that again at some point, though. Someday we'll get to that. I'm not sure when. Uh, Royal Rumble 2007. Again, two title matches. Batista retains the world title against Mr. Kennedy. This is when Mr. Kennedy was getting a push. What did you think of Kennedy? I liked him. I thought he had a chance to be a superstar. I was a believer in Kennedy. The crowd was into him as a heel here. When he gets the, the, the cover without the ref, the crowd's into it. The... I don't remember where this is time-wise, but when Vince McMahon was doing the angle of who his son was, it just always made sense for it to be Mr. Kennedy, Mm. the fact that his name is Kennedy, the whole thing. And I think it would have been great to make him a star. That was a star-making moment, as dumb as the angle was. They ended up not doing it. It turned out to be Hornswoggle. Kennedy still had some moments, and I guess there were other issues why he never got the complete push, but... I always saw a star in him. I was, I was a fan of his. I mean, part of it was injury. And usually in wrestling, injuries are not a bad thing. Think of Edge. Every time Edge got hurt, he came back, and he was always having those star-making yep. moments. That's one of the things I always say with Jericho is that he never had those moments because he was never hurt. He was always around. So injuries are not always a bad thing in wrestling unless when, you, when the wheel starts moving a little bit before it gets, gains any moss, if yes. you will. Um, yeah, so did, can, did you not think, though, that in this match they made Kennedy look really good? Kennedy looked great in this match. Yeah. You forget how good Batista is. Not you specifically. I but, love Batista. But, the people, but Batista's great. Batista's hugely over. He's huge as a human being. He's probably weighs like two, you know, 325 here. Uh, and he's great. And you know Kennedy looked great. And for a 10-minute you know, match with a guy who... You know, it was kind of middling at this point. The crowd's into him, but he hasn't really done much. Um, it, it was a fun 10-minute Rumble match. This is a prototypical Rumble championship match. Yes, in the two-title era. The other title match in 2007 featured John Cena defeating Umaga. He retains the WWE title in a last man standing match. I love D, uh, Cena with the DDP uh, taped up ribs because he had an injured spleen yes. that he would not get looked at because he was afraid they were going to take the title from him. Um, th- this is pretty unmemorable other, th- other than uh, them taking the top rope off and him uh, choking out Umaga for the, wow. uh, the 10 wow. count. Wow, 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 wow. Did I forget something? No. I mean, your opinion is very different than mine. Okay. This is one of the great matches you'll ever see. Oh, stop. Really? Yes. Yes. And, and, okay, so I remember watching this at the time, Mm -hmm. thinking I don't really care about John Cena Umaga and being wowed then. And I knew that going into rewatching it, that I liked it at the time. And I said, ah, let's see. And maybe in the moment I liked it. This was an insane wrestling match. I mean, you mentioned the ending where Cena's using the, the broken rope to eventually choke out Umaga. I just thought this was, it had a good mix of violence, a good mix of, mix of action. Look, did we ever think Umaga was going to win? No. I mean, John Cena is the endless champion at this point. But I thought if I'm ranking maybe the top five Rumble title matches, this actually may make the top five. I thought it was that good. I think the only argument I, that could be made in your favor with regards to that is up until this point in time. In the sense of knowing what happened with Umaga, both as a character and a person. And I'm not factoring that in. I, I think, but I think that's my point. I think that up until this point, when Umaga was built up as, because they built him up right. They did, yes. Because uh, after this, he wins the IC belt within a month, and then he becomes what he becomes. Right. But until this point, he was an unstoppable monster. So in that context, 
having him again an extended run of say six to nine months of being this crazy unbeatable I'm monster. Do it. I'm okay with it. I'm going to unveil something I texted you a few months ago. I'm going to blow everybody's brain oh, about Umaga. You know about Umaga? Mm-hmm. So Umaga fought for Donald Trump's hair. Do you know about this? Do I know? I, I'm aware. In the hair versus hair match, Trump versus McMahon. Umaga represented Donald Trump. I'm a wrestling and, historian. Evan, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> represented Vince McMahon. I got the whole thing back. Yeah, correct. He was fighting to get Donald Trump bald. And Bobby Lashley was fighting for, for Trump. Umaga was fighting for McMahon. How about the fact that Trump was fighting a wrestler who's you? M-A-G-A? My mind is Maga. blown. I'm blown. Isn't that crazy? My Think mind- about that. You should totally tweet that out. People will people will eat that up. I don't know what to say. I'm just kidding. I mean, I just I thought of that the other day when I was watching Umaga wrestle. Because I was thinking about what happened to him after that. And I was thinking about Umaga Bobby Lashley, the hair versus hair match with right. McMahon versus Trump. And then it just like popped into was my it, head. Wasn't that Umaga. was that that was WrestleMania 23? That was that right after this match. I think it was right after that, yeah. Because he wins the IC belt, and I think he was the IC champion. I think at he time. was, yeah. yeah. I think you're right. right. Let's go to 2008. Let's get off that. Royal Rumble 2008. First, Edge defeats Rey Mysterio, retains the world title. I was at this one. This was the Me too. probably one of the first pay per views. Might no, may may have been my first pay per view. I don't really remember at this. This point. was the John Cena return, shockingly pay per view. By the way, sure. I also remember it as the Jericho return pay per view. But be that as it was may, was it? Yeah, because he came back in November. He knocks out whatever. It's a whole thing. Whatever. Um, Turn. He returned like ten times. Uh, this again. This is a good match. Listen, Edge and Rey Mysterio. There are a couple of really good Rey Mysterio matches on, on this on this uh, list. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I, Vic, Vicky Guerrero is incredible. Hawkins and Ryder as the Ed, Edge heads were, were super dope. Um, yeah, this is. I, I enjoyed everything about this. Yeah, this was. I like the ending. Uh, Rey is coming off the ropes. I think after he's six one nine, and Edge spears him as he's coming off the ropes. I thought that was a cool ending. Good match. I mean, look, look Edge and Rey Mysterio are two. Hall of Famers, let's face it. The other title match that night featured Randy Orton defeating Jeff Hardy, retains the WWE title. A little bit of a note here, Jeff Hardy is the IC champion at the time, so it's champion versus champion. Obviously, both titles aren't on the line. Randy Orton retains against Jeff Hardy. Again, this is super great. You know, this is right before, because I think Hardy wins the belt at the end of this year, at the end of 20, 2008. I think this is the year he finally breaks through. So yeah. I remember being there. It was never the hugest uh, Hardy mark in the world, but I was hoping that there'd be a title change here. You know, Jeff Hardy was really gaining this momentum. Uh, and what I remember of this match more, the, more so than probably anything else other than the match is the finish. The, the, the twist of fate into an RKO Great was ending. Un- tremendous. I, that's the one thing about this match I actually wrote down that I thought that was a great... I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good ending. Mm. If you give me that good kind of shocking ending, if you will. And I thought that was a great one. I'm not a big Randy Orton fan, as you may uh, you may be able to tell, but I like that, countering the twist of fate in the RKO. RKO. 2009 Royal Rumble. First, John oh. Cena defeats JBL. He retains the world title. How long was the JBL HBK storyline? Well, see, I'm glad this, this is what this whole match is about. This shtick with Shawn Michaels and JBL. I would say two months. I, I couldn't tell. That sounds about right, but I forgot it happened. Like if if you are going to have a uh, another wrestler be your your servant, if you will, uh, and you're paying his debts or whatever right, it was. Right. 
well, you got to wear something better than a camo vest. Let, let's, <laughs> you got to dress the part. You, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. You also, if you're going to run an angle, for those who don't remember, Shawn Michaels was down in the dumps. He didn't have any money left. That investment, right? I, I think that was the, the thing they took. He had to work for JBL. And so JBL said, you got to help me beat John Cena for the world title or else you're fired. I mean, that was the whole thing. Shawn Michaels is the wrong guy to be a part of this angle. Yes. He's just not believable. And you also knew if you're the WWE, you're leading to Shawn Michaels Undertaker at WrestleMania. You're not leading to Shawn Michaels JBL. So why are you doing this? It was, and, and it's a world title match. You're involving John Cena. Shawn's a legend. We know he's a legend at this point. The, I really, really hated this angle. I can't say it's one of my least favorite. Is it Katie Vick? No. Is it Sergeant Slaughter turning on America? No. Uh, but I, just, I, I really didn't like it at the time. And even rewatching it, it just kind of bothered me. I, I did like the moment of the super kicks, though, where he, he super kicks JBL. All right, great. And then Cena's like, oh, all right, all right, cool. All right, they appreciate you doing that. And then super kicks uh, Cena. So that was a fun little moment. Yeah, I guess that part was kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, anytime you get an HBK super kick, like you said, it's nice. Uh, also that night, Edge defeated Jeff Hardy. He becomes the brand new WWE champion in a no DQ match. Matt Hardy heel turn leading to the match at WrestleMania 25, which was fine. I mean, was a weird, it wasn't like a brother versus brother blow off match at WrestleMania 25. Uh, I was not expecting a Matt Hardy heel turn. I was not expecting Matt Hardy to help Edge win the WWE title at this point. Um, still confused by it. Was confused by it in the moment. <laughs> confused by it 10, 11 years later. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know. The crowd loved it though. I oh. thought the crowd reacted in a great way. They were like, ah, I mean, there was a lot of shock to it. You weren't expecting it for sure. And Matt Hardy was one of those guys that, another one of those guys that got a lot of starts and stops. Like the V1 Matt Hardy 01, 02 on SmackDown with the scale of the whole thing. Loved right. it. Um, you know, and then he, he gets, he gets, he gets uh, released because of the Lita thing and the whole thing. He comes back. They, they have the SummerSlam match that gets stopped during like a doctor stoppage or whatever the hell right. happened there. Uh, another one of those guys that had a lot of starts and stops. So I was like, you know what? Maybe they're really going to pull the trigger on Matt Hardy. He already won the ECW belt at this point, but maybe he's going to win a belt that matters and he's going to be in a few that matters and the whole thing. But it didn't end up happening. But as a moment, the one-man concerto didn't happen. He hits his brother in the head with a steel chair. This is still bothering me. 2009, man. Because well, at some point, because like with concussions in the NFL no, and the whole I, thing. Listen, I got to be honest with you. The steel chair to the head thing isn't bothering me. It's when it happened over and over again. Like one steel chair shot to the head doesn't make my stomach churn. It's when it happened one, two, three, four, five. The, the, the unprotected steel chair. Like if, if you're going to do it to the head, put your hand up. The, I got you. There's, again, you're a very caring guy. Man, Look, the, I care too. I'm just being honest. The, it didn't bother. The, the head's a terrible thing to waste, brother. I, I'm with you. <laughs> Royal Rumble 2010. Sheamus defeats Randy Orton via DQ. He retains the WWE title. Uh, again, watching all these pay per views, you forget when like guys that are around for 20 years, Big Show, Orton, Cena, all the well, Cena never turned, but like with Orton, like I forgot he was turning face here. I believe this was leading into the WrestleMania, whereas the the was it a triple threat or a two on one? I forget what exactly it was. Well, this is where Cody Rhodes jumps out of the crowd, hits Sheamus. Orton has the pin, but then the ref says no DQ. It's a DQ. Randy's pissed at Cody, and so yeah, you're seeing the. The legacy seems come apart. Quote, you screwed everything up, exclamation point. Yes. I enjoyed uh, Orton uh, being angry after that. That was, that was fun. I enjoyed yeah, that. I tell you something weird about legacy. Please. 
Randy Orton was so much bigger physically than Cody and Ted DiBiase Jr., I could never take the two of them seriously. Does that make any sense? No, that completely makes sense. Oh, okay, good. Well, it's like when um, when JBL was winning the belt at, at Rumble or retaining the belt at Rumble 05, he's with Orlando Jordan and the Basham Brothers. And like I'm like, is, was that the, the, the cabinet? Like, that was the stable? Was the, the four of those guys? I think so, yeah. Or he's that much bigger than them? And they're com- it's not even like they're mid-card. They're, they're like sub-mid-card. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't fit very well. Yeah, yeah, very much so. The other match that night, I did not remember this. And I was so fascinated when I read that it was Undertaker defeating Rey Mysterio to retain the world title. And my brain said, I do not remember this. I can't wait to rewatch it. Uh, what'd you think of this match? You so like good, it? so good. Well, because you, you could tell the Undertaker respects Rey Mysterio, and in no world, in no world, should Rey Mysterio be getting any offense against the Undertaker. But the Undertaker sold like a, a freaking champ for him. I, I loved every second. It, it was eleven minutes long, and it was a great eleven minutes. Yeah, this is when Batista turned on Rey Mysterio right before, like a couple of weeks before. Uh, I like the ending. He did a couple of 619s because he knew, hey, it's The Undertaker. I can't do it just once. Second time, Taker caught him when he was coming off the ropes for a last ride. So a it was a good ending. A super last ride. A super last ride. Yeah, it was, it was good. It's, just, it's kind of funny to hear Undertaker against Rey Mysterio Jr., like to think of that match. Uh, what, is the, what is the run of crazy Undertaker matches, like crazy good, like 05, 06 to like 12? Yes, yeah. yeah, he became. It's amazing how he became so different. Yeah, we should spend more time on that at some point. Anyhow, Royal Rumble 2011, couple of matches. Number one, Edge defeats Dolph Ziggler. He retains the World Heavyweight Title. I forgot how much I loved Dolph Ziggler. I forget how much energy he had, how much enthusiasm he had. What what joy was behind his <laughs> eyes in his fun life? It was a lot of joy. Um, Edge was face. I forgot about that. He was going to get stripped of the title if he used the spear. Uh, he did spear Ziggler during the match when the referee was bumped, and he used the unprettier or the kill switch, if you will, to win the match. Yeah, yeah. And this um, was his last. This is Edge's last Royal Rumble. Maybe that's right. Oh, you think he's coming back? Stop it. Remember, Edge was banned from using the spear by Vicky Guerrero in this match. I that was. Ju- a- I just said that. Oh, I was listening. Get off your cell phone. What are you doing over there? <laughs> I was texting somebody. I'm just kidding. Sorry, self. What do you want from my life? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, in all fairness, it was the only time tonight I wasn't listening. Okay. Like the every other time I've been hanging on every word you said. I, I, it's real. It's dramatic. It's really, it's Oscar worth. Well, Golden Globes, it's a little bit late. I missed the submission deadline, but maybe I'll get an Oscar okay. for, for podcasting. <laughs> the other one that night, The Miz defeats Randy Orton. He retains the WWE title. Uh, this sets up uh, Punk and Orton at WrestleMania, which I wasn't expecting or really hoping for, but was a re- really kind of an underrated WrestleMania match. I forgot how they got there, and that's how they got there. This is Miz's uh, Royal Rumble uh, with the belt, uh, retaining against Orton. Um, g- again, you know, it's another one of those things. The Miz has only held the world title, WWE, World Universal, whatever, once. Yeah, this one run. And he's been in the company for almost 20 years, and... He's an underrated MVP type and, and of guy. You know what's funny? He's at it once. At this moment, I think we'd all agree, wasn't really ready. No, This I was agree. not the best of Miz. We've seen the best of Miz probably in the last couple of years as a heel, and yet this was the moment he was champion. This was the moment he took the title to WrestleMania and closed the WrestleMania by retaining the championship as 
much as it was about the rock and scene as it was, nevertheless, this was happening right now in 2011. And to go back to the other match uh, of on this card with the Ziggler Edge match, I think one of the things that hurt Ziggler is that when he took that spear and when he took that uh, unprettier, like he sells so well. I think you could be so good at something. Let's say, you know, um, whatever it might be. I was going to use an example that I'm not going to use. Uh-oh. But you could be so good at something that they don't see you in a different role. Right. Because they're like, we can end this match with Ziggler taking an RKO and he does like a, a fish out of water or he takes right. a spear or whatever. And I'm like, I'm thinking about it because Ziggler was so hot and so awesome during this time that I think being such a good wrestler and such a good in-ring technician and such a good seller, it hurt him as a performer and getting more title, that's uh, interesting. title opportunities. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting thought on that. Dang, I appreciate that. Royal, and I was listening, Royal Rumble <laughs> 2012 couple of matches. Number one, Daniel Bryan defeats Mark Henry and the Big Show in a triple threat steel cage match. He retains the World Heavyweight title, a run that the WWE tried to make you forget in a way. Because remember, when he finally broke through and beat Cena at SummerSlam, they made it seem like it was his first ever title victory. Brian's in the midst of a really cool world title run. We know how it ends horribly at WrestleMania in five seconds, but this was a pretty cool run by Daniel Bryan. When you think about it, he wins the belt in the fall of 2011. Uh, he loses it at WrestleMania in 12. And then a year and a half later, he gets chosen by Cena to... Uh, to fight him. To fight yeah. him at SummerSlam. Team Hell No happens in between there as well. Correct. Danielson is is, is the best technical wrestler in the world now, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And I, and I love this match because you got him against the two monsters. And he looks believable. He's getting he believable offense in. So when he's getting in the grasp, he's like, oh yeah, he shouldn't be getting any offense in. But when he has the two of them go against each other and he's doing his drop kicks and doing his other stuff, it's nine minutes, eight seconds long. And, and that's perfect. Yeah, and he falls out of the cage to get the victory. So Which, it was a chicken ass. Uh, well, yeah, that's what that's what he was doing at the time. Did you sense the crowd starting to like him at this point? The crowd was into it. The crowd was always into him. Whether he's losing, not the, like not like what we ended up seeing at WrestleMania. No, I mean it was the crowd was was obsessed with him by then. But right, they no, weren't there yet. They weren't there yet, but when he's in NXT as the nerd, like hitting on AJ Lee or whatever, the crowd's even into him then. The great match with Jericho on NXT in 2010 or 20, 2009, whatever it was. He just has all this talent. He got everything he deserved, and it's crazy to think about. Two a little over two years later, he wins the WWE yep. Championship at WrestleMania. The other title match, CM Punk defeats Dolph Ziggler, retains the title. John Laurinaitis is the guest referee. This is utterly forgettable. <laughs> Other than Laurinaitis trying to be fair, yeah. he goes in and also casts the three. Well, with that the was so stupid. I hated that. Watch that again. <laughs> I loved it so I much. I didn't like the Laurinaitis character, and his feud with CM Punk was just pointless. It's that kind of dry, stupid humor that I love. Uh-huh. It's like that John Mulaney kind of like, it's absurdist and... Uh, I love it so much. <laughs> okay. By the way, this is the midst of the run. This is CM Punk's big run here. Sure. Were you at Survivor Series 2011? No. No, okay. no that was the one where he won the title. Yes. It was more known for Rock and Cena teaming up, Rock's return to the ring. Depending on who you ask, sure. Well, I mean, it was the main event. At, at this point, were you bark, uh, boycotting, boycotting the garden? or No, I wasn't. I've never boycotted the garden. Sure. Okay, I've never boycotted uh, the garden. Sure. Right. I was... Into wrestling, I have always been into wrestling, but less interested in this moment. Oh, okay, fair enough. Less interested. That's I'll why, tell you the moment I got back in. That's it. why I'm the historian. No, okay, fine. 
<laughs> Royal Rumble 2013 will start with Alberto Del Rio defeating the Big Show, retains the world title in a last man standing match. Del Rio as a face? Fine. Okay. Uh, but this match will be known for Ricardo Rodriguez duct taping the Big Show's legs around the bottom that rope. That was tremendous. I love it. That was the best part of it. I need more common sense in wrestling. I, I don't need it all the time. We don't need it all the time because it's right. not good. But like from time to time, when you realize that they are in this absurd, like nonsensical world of professional wrestling, just from time to time, I want someone to be like, you know what? I'm in a uh, an Iron Man match. I'm going to hit you over the head with a chair like 14 times, get DQ'd <laughs> once, and then pin you like six times. Like I just need that from time to time. No, dude, you're so right. That's a great point. This is the main event. We're about to get to one. Rock defeats CM Punk. Title reign ends. The Rock is your brand new WWE champion. Uh, so the Shield uh, interferes once again. Punk's, Punk would have been stripped if the Shield inter- intervenes. The Shield does intervene. Uh, Vince McMahon comes out. He's about to say, you are stripped or whatever. Yeah. And The Rock goes, no, 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 Not like, not like this. this. <laughs> uh, listen, I was not a fan of this at the time. I'm more of a fan of it now. I understand. If I, the bigger context of it, I understand. Right. Um, but at the time, I'm like, you know what? I, they shouldn't have turned Punk heel the summer before. Punk didn't want to turn heel. He shouldn't have turned heel. There's a lot more part of it. But from where they were at this moment, you had to do it. So when I'm watching this, I'm trying to think with a critical eye, what would we have done differently? Because I think we all agree we didn't need Cena Rock 2 this time for the title. I think we all agree CM Punk is a main eventer. If CM Punk's going to lose the title, which is fine, he's got to lose it eventually, don't fall him out of the picture. The only thing I could come up with is they should have had a triple threat match at WrestleMania. That we should have had Rock, Punk, Cena. Uh, a, if The Rock got hurt early in the match, like he did with John Cena, it would still be carried by these two other superstars. Punk deserved at this point to main event of WrestleMania. And because he was a big enough star. And he did get the taker at WrestleMania 29. Nah, I, but that's not the main I, event. I, I completely agree with that. But I was thinking about that today uh, as I was going through some of these matches. I'm thinking about Foley. Uh, thinking about coming back at WrestleMania 2000, get a WrestleMania main event. I don't know what the point of time was where the WrestleMania main event was such a big deal mm-hmm. because, like, the first nine WrestleMania main events were Hulk Hogan. It's not like every, yeah. but it's not like every year, like you know, Undertaker got one and uh, Shawn but Michaels no got. Saying- they eventually did, but I think the point I'm trying to make is I'm like rather than. Because I don't always think of the, re- the, main, the main event of WrestleMania. I'll think of WrestleMania, was it 21, where the, the Edge and uh, McFoley match. Like, I'll think of awesome one-off matches more so than I'll think about the main event. Well, I think steal the show when you have your opportunity. I understand. Look, there are a lot of great matches that weren't the main event. I, I think the main event is prestigious. I think it is a big deal. He should have been in the main event. We, we didn't need Rock Cena 2. No. We didn't. And if you were going to give us Rock Cena 2, it doesn't have to be at a WrestleMania. Maybe it's at the Royal Rumble as opposed to, you know, at a WrestleMania. Punk needed to lose the title. His title run was over 400 days. I think people's problem is that it was The Rock, and then they had a rematch at No Way Out, and that was it. We didn't see him again. Um, As champion is what I mean. Obviously, we saw him again. He had a lot of prominent matches, but it was actually a pretty good match when you watch it. It was good. You know, triple threats, when done correctly, are pretty incredible. Um, And I think that... Face Rock, Face Cena versus Heel Punk for the WWE title. It would have been great. Yeah, I can't argue with it. Because th- th- that one I, I'm not was, a in, big, was in New York. That was in uh, Giant Stadium. That was a Met Giant Life. Yeah, yeah. MetLife Stadium. I'm not a big triple threat main event guy for WrestleMania. This would have been the exception. 
Uh, let's go to 2014. Oh my God, we only have one title. It is now the World, the WWE World or the World WWE? WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Randy Orton defeats John Cena. He has retained the WWE World Championship. This is shrug. Cena loses. Uh, the only thing I took note of was that uh, the Wyatt family, it's crazy how long they've been around. The Wyatt family, yep. the Shield, um, you know. So six years ago, bro. It's crazy. Think about that. Yeah. Um. There's nothing wrong with this, but it goes back to something we said earlier. They combined these titles. They had two separate titles from us a decade, and they combined them again at a December pay-per-view. They didn't do it. It should be a big deal if you're going to combine the titles. So this is a rematch of the combined titles. Randy was WWE champion. John Cena was the world champion. They had the ladder match a month earlier. So I'm still kind of bitter that they unified them when they did. But look, it's perfect. You set up the next feud, which was Bray Wyatt and John Cena. That's exactly what they did with this. And we know what ended up happening with Randy Orton. He remained the champion until WrestleMania. Uh, is this the last Orton Cena match or do we get any more after this? Probably. <laughs> Probably one. They, they have fought. How many pay-per-views have they fought at? Well, you have that wrestling database website thing. That's like, true. There's got to be like a, a, a subcategory of like, you know, uh, like, uh, like Johan Santana versus Apple Pujols. I'm sure right. they have it for. We should do a, a wrestling retrospective of just Cena Orton matches. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I know. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, the, the, that house show in Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> no, we, we would it came out of nowhere. We wouldn't include those. Uh, let's go to Royal Rumble 2015. Brock Lesnar retains the WWE World title. He defeats John Cena and Seth Rollins in a triple threat match. This was, in the moment, probably my favorite Royal Rumble, non-Royal Rumble match ever. Uh, five years later, it's my favorite Royal Rumble, not Royal Rumble match ever. Uh, it's twenty, a little over 22 minutes. Uh, it's a triple threat. Lesnar should be in more triple threats. He... He, he's, has he been excels in triple threat matches. Yeah, I don't great. know why, but he does. But this match was in the, at the moment incredible, and five years later, almost even better. It's a great match. Um, when I was thinking, hey, what's the greatest of these matches we're talking about? Uh, it, it's tough to beat Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit. I think that's clearly number one. This could be number two. I mean, if I'm ranking him, it could be number two. It's just an outstanding match. This was a big moment for Seth Rollins. Mm -hmm. Remember, he's the Money in the Bank winner, but now he's in a title match. So I remember thinking to myself, well, what if he wins? He's the champion with the, the, the briefcase. What does that mean? It's, I know he wasn't going to win, but still, I thought this was a big moment for Seth uh, Rollins. I thought it was really important he was in this match because personally, I was sick of Brock Lesnar, John Cena. So I thought it added a little bit of a difference to that rivalry by having Rollins involved. And remember, this is Brock's big run. He beat The Undertaker a year earlier. He squashed Cena at WrestleMania. He's a part-time champion, though. We hadn't seen Lesnar since the pay-per-view after SummerSlam at this point, Night of Champions. He was not at Survivor Series, so this was special that, hey, we're seeing the champion actually defend the title. Yeah. It's a big factor. Yeah, big factor, but it, listen, I'm also not a fan of triple threat matches, but Lesnar is such a special attraction that you know sometimes it might take two guys to beat him, or another easy way to get the belt off him is to not have him be involved in the finish like we saw at WrestleMania 31. Um, but yeah, in the moment and in since. Really, really great job by everybody. Royal Rumble 2016 was the Roman Reigns defending the title. We're not going to spend time on that because we've already talked about that as a Rumble, so you can go back to the archives and listen to our Royal Rumble retrospective of all the Royal Rumbles if you're that curious. So we jump ahead to 2017. We've got two titles now again. What else is new? This one's for you, buddy. Kevin Owens defeats Roman Reigns. He retains the universal title in a 
Jericho in a shark cage match. No disqualification, Jericho in a shark cage match. Uh, this this match was remembered for one Jericho being the best, uh, just really entertaining. Even after the match, he's like, "Get me out of the cage!" Just the best. Uh, but Owen's uh, crazy bump into those stack of chairs was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And then uh, Str- uh, Braun Strowman uh, slamming. Roman Reigns into the table for the finish of the match. Again, this is three years ago, and we're going to talk about uh, you know 2018 in a second. But when it's another one of those times, it's like when do you pull the trigger on somebody? And Strowman has been in the company for a long time, and it's this big scary monster. Um, and you know he's starting to get involved in those main events here. Um, it's fine for what it is. Crowd's obviously very much against Roman Reigns because Jericho and uh, Owen just so freaking dope at this point. They are. Um, but yeah, that. The bump into the steel chairs is probably the, the thing I'll remember most out of this. Yeah, I, so I, at the time you knew Jericho and Owens are going to fight at WrestleMania. We already knew this. The, the seeds are planted. I love one of these long, drawn-out feuds. The thing that I just can't get past is that they didn't do it for this title, and that sucks because eventually— Well, you know the story. Well, I, the story about what? The, that Vince promised that— Jericho's going to get the universal title at Mania. He was going to go over Kevin Owens there for the title. That's why in the the, the Battle Pack, the Festival of Friendship Battle Pack, Jericho's got the, the universal title and Owens has got the, the U.S. title. Um, but um, Goldberg came back and became Goldberg, so they, they hot-shotted that for the title. But the original ending of that feud was Jericho going over at WrestleMania. Am I bitter about this? No. Is Jericho bitter about this? Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, <laughs> Jericho Owens was the second match on that WrestleMania, which is... Malarkey. No, it's it's huge malarkey because to me, when you spend that kind of time building such a brilliant feud like that, the payoff needs to be, if it's not the main event, damn well close to the main event. The other match, though, this is tremendous. This is a rare title change, a historic title change. John Cena defeats AJ Styles. He becomes the brand new WWE champion. That is the last time we've seen a title change at the Royal Rumble. There are few. There aren't many of them. This is the last time we've seen it. And this was an outstanding match as John Cena tied Ric Flair's record. Uh, uh, just absolutely incredible. AJ Styles, when he first came in a Rumble for, was it Rumble 16? I think it was 16. So, yeah, it was the only next, a year yeah, so he was Yeah, because he was in the main event uh, of a couple in a row. Um, yeah, he was the main event of his first three Rumbles, essentially. Um, you wonder what they were going to do with him. Did they, think, did they know what they had in him? And, you know, he comes in in like two or three in that rumble. Uh, and then he has the Y2AJ thing. And it's like, all right, that's interesting. Jericho goes over him there. And, you know, I'm a big Jericho mark. And I'm always kind of like, you know, push him, push him, push him. But like, eh, should Jericho have gone over him there? I don't know. But then the next night, AJ wins a number one contenders match. He goes fight, fights Roman Reigns. And very quickly, they make him a stud. Yes, yes. Um, and you didn't know that was going to happen. Here, he's your WWE champion. He's your, you know, your long-term WWE champion. Uh, and him losing, it doesn't hurt him because there's a great match. It took four uh, attitude adjustments to finish him off. It took him two in a row to finish him off. Uh, AJ looked like a stud. And uh, this is Cena's potentially. Swan Song. Yeah, potentially. Oh, I definitely think. Because if he ever comes back, it's going to be such part-time that this is going to feel. And I know he's part-time at the time here. I mean, sure. it's not like John Cena's there a lot. But he feels more involved in the company than he is now. My only problem with this is that Cena lost the title a month later. That let his last run be a run. At least hold it till WrestleMania. Just at least give me three months with it. They didn't. I mean, he lost the title to um, 
uh, to Bray Wyatt, yeah. and then Randy Orton to it was just such a I don't know. That's the one. Out. It was a great match. It was a great way for Cena to tie the record. They had some really good matches. These two yeah, SummerSlam and yeah, absolutely. I'm just a little bitter that it meant nothing. That's that's my point. It meant nothing for Cena because of the fact that a month later he drops the title and he's basically gone. I won't fight you on that. Royal Rumble 2018. First, we've got AJ Styles defeating Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in a handicap match. He retains the WWE title. AJ pins Kevin Owens, who is not the legal man, so they're upset about it. They won't go to Shane McMahon and argue, whatever. I don't know. Hated it. Listen, I don't like a handicap match for the title. I also can't believe Sami Zayn's been a heel for this long. The the easiest slam dunk baby face you can ever possibly imagine this side of Daniel Bryan, and he's been a heel for two years, and now he's the the, the heel manager of the Intercontinental Champion who hasn't had an IC title match since they changed the belt two months ago, who's in this random faction with Cesaro, and uh, and Sheamus comes back. I I don't don't understand anything about it. Yeah, I I think Sami Zayn has been a heel so long that I can't even picture him as a face, which is kind of funny because that's where he became a star to a lot of people. Look, AJ's in the midst of a great run during this moment. It's just, I I hated the booking of it. I just didn't like a handicap match for the title. I didn't like it. The other thing I didn't like was the other title match, which featured Brock Lesnar defeating Kane and Braun Strowman. He retains the universal title in a triple threat match. Um, I just, Brock matches are supposed to be special, right? Because he's not there that often. This felt nothing, nothing about this felt special. No, because you, no, because you knew Kane was going to take the pin. That's the only reason he was there. Right. Why else is he there? And I'm trying to remember where this was in the line of Braun Strowman getting the, the belt, where he should have gotten the belt. But I think this was the, the last moment, because there were moments before this, I yeah. believe, but I think this is the last moment where we're like, this is where they put the belt on him, right? Because you can... You haven't pinned Keen. You know where I thought the moment was? Mm. When he won the ba- money in the bank. When he became the monster in the bank. That was At that moment when... This is after that, right? Or the, um, I don't know. Yeah. I think this is... Before? This is before that because Strowman should have... Cat- right before Roman left because he was sick. Because he obviously had cancer and left for a, a couple of months. It was at that SummerSlam I thought was the moment for Strowman. So this is a little bit before that. But... I didn't think Braun Strowman should have won here. I just thought we needed a more compelling opponent for Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I didn't care about this. Keane had no juice at this point. And listen, a lot of respect for the man and, and his uh, you know his career. Um, you know, twenty plus years of being a, a top guy. At this point, twenty eighteen, he had no juice. No, you're right. All right. Let's get to last year's Royal Rumble. We're almost at the finish line. Match forty and forty one. <sighs> <laughs> you okay? Uh, Daniel Bryan retains the WWE title. He defeats AJ Styles. This was so great. I love the Planets champion. Uh, I thought they were going to do something with Rowan, not Roman, Rowan. Uh, they obviously did not. I do like that claw thing, powerbomb, chokeslam thing as a finish. Um, listen, I, you, you probably got Daniel Bryan versus, or Bryan Danielson versus AJ Styles and ROH or some random uh, bingo hall uh, 15 years ago. But having t- these two guys, you know, they didn't main event, but have the WWE Championship match at Royal Rumble a year ago. I loved everything about it. Uh, I, this Daniel Bryan, this Daniel Bryan run was great. Uh, AJ was a face at this time, which is hard to remember now because he's in this re- weird heel faction. Right. Not and used Daniel correctly. Bryan was a heel. Now he's a face. I mean, I got a headache thinking about it. Uh, but the match itself, a little bit long, 24, 24 minutes. I don't love these longer matches, but other than that, just, just tremendous. Yeah, it was, it was a very good match. I thought it was awkward how they 
started this feud. It, it seemed to come out of nowhere before Survivor Series. Brian all of a sudden kicks him in the groin, wins the title, becomes a heel. It was just... It was so random. Well, they knew, they knew going into Survivor Series, they needed a different man. They didn't want to do Lesnar or Well, that's AJ not again. a good enough reason to just have a title change for the first time in a year. And do a heel versus heel match and, yeah, all this other stuff. It was, I don't know, I, it was a very good match. I like Brian as a heel. I'm surprised the heel run didn't last longer. I'm assuming it's a Fox thing. I'm assuming that they wanted. They just said we need him as a face? I think we, I, like, we, we, we want the yes chant. Yeah. Like if I'm paying you whatever they're paying him. I want some yes chance out there. Now let's get to the match that I thought could have been a WrestleMania main event, but instead we got it at the Rumble. Brock Lesnar retains the Universal title against Finn Balor. How long have we been doing these now? Doing what? Doing doing this. Retrospectives? Yeah, like three years now, something like no, that? No, it has not been three years. Two years? I'd say about a year no, and I a think, half. I have to update my resume then, because I think I have three years. Three uh, years? Um, but, uh, but we've been friends for eight years now. I just remember when Finn Balor came up, I had to convince you. You weren't convinced, right? Because you weren't an NXT guy. You're not a New Japan guy. You don't. Right. You didn't. You didn't know about. I him. didn't know about him. So I had to convince you on him. Ignorance is bliss. Um, well, it is what it is. But Finn Balor, it's interesting where he is now. But in this moment, going back to my what I said six and a half hours ago when we started this podcast, <laughs> um, it's an opportunity to. And listen, he was the first Universal Champion. He's been a main eventer, yada yada. But it's an opportunity to make a star, and they made him look good. It was eight, eight minutes, 40 seconds. I wish it was a little bit longer. I wish he looked a little bit better. I wish he didn't job out to the Kimura lock. I wish he didn't get like slammed 45 times after. <laughs> but he got some offense in. He didn't look like a complete chump. Um, I, I would say this is a solid B. Not a C, not an A minus, B plus. I think it's a solid B. It wasn't what I dreamt of. Yeah, exactly. Um, it just wasn't, look, Brock is at his best when he fights a little guy, right? Those are his best matches. Brock AJ was better. Brock Daniel Bryan was better. I don't know if I'd say Brock Rollins is better. Brock Rollins' matches haven't been. They've, they've been too quick. They've been. Which is fine, but it's not classic. Like, but if it's you're asking, not a match, right. No, right. And I don't even include the first run of Brock Lesnar. You want to do Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle? That was fine. But of this more fine. recent run. WrestleMania 19? Yeah. Oh, it's great. No, I'm not. I, I Other was, than him hurting him, but I know what you're saying. No, no, it was a great match. I'm just saying, like, I'm fine. thinking of Brock. Fine speech. <laughs> I'm just thinking of it in terms of now. It left a lot to be desired. Right. It's funny. We went through 41 title matches at the Royal Rumble. So few new champions. I think it was six total One, of the two, 41. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. S- nine total, two of them in the Rumble matches. No, well. that doesn't count. So seven. Seven of the 41 matches were title changes. Yes. Seven. So that is seven divided by 42 is one six, which is like 16%. That's a low number, sure. dude. Yeah. It's an incredibly, which makes sense because the Rumble is supposed to be the road to WrestleMania. Uh, speaking of WrestleMania, so we've done a WrestleMania retrospective of just main events, okay? We went through every main event. There's a lot of ways we can go with the WrestleMania retrospective. I, I think this is the one we have to do. And we kind of touched on it throughout the night because it's so fascinating to see the differences. The WrestleMania retrospective will be of The Undertaker and all the matches that he's had because there's a lot of them. There aren't 41 of them, by the way. <laughs> so it, it won't take as long. 23? 22? What's his uh, record? 21 20, and 2? Two and two. That's right. He's lost twice now. Yeah. Jeez. Roman Reigns too. Yeah. So I figure what we'll do for our WrestleMania season retrospective is we will do an Undertaker retrospective, all of his matches, because it does feel so different. Like, think about it. When you think of Undertaker, Jimmy Snuka, 
that actually happened. Or Undertaker Jake Roberts. Or Undertaker Giant Gonzalez. I don't think about any of those. Well, you're going to rewatch them, aren't you? Oh, God. Versus Undertaker Shawn Michaels or oh. Undertaker CM Punk. It's like a different world. It's like a different human being. Okay. So I found that fascinating. Uh, I'm also excited that it, I get a little uh, variety, which I'm excited about. The Hell in the Cell retrospective is, has broken me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> From what aspect? Just like watching Triple H just bleeding over and over and over again. You think I'd enjoy that? I, it, it took a lot out of me. So I am excited to to hone in on one wrestler. Um, yeah, I'm excited for to, to give the the ups and downs of the Undertaker uh, WrestleMania, which I want to say 22 and two. I say, or 22 and two. 22 and two. I'm gonna say 22 and two. Okay. We yeah. may do more. I was thinking about doing multiple WrestleMania retrospectives. I mean, it is WrestleMania. Yeah, let's Put go. us to work. We'll see. But coming up this month on the Evan Roberts Podcast, the Brooklyn Nets midway season roundtable uh, brought in a couple of all-star panelists to discuss where the Brooklyn Nets are halfway through the season. And we've been doing this for a couple of years now. We hand out Hall of Fame ballots to everybody around the radio station. What, you want to vote? I, I, I want to vote. I got. I got to consider that. I mean, you technically don't work at the radio station. But, listen, if, if my resume says different. I, well, I can't help you lying. I made one technicality last year. I let my dad vote. He doesn't work at the radio station either, oh. but he is my dad. I, I'll talk to Papa Roberts. So that. for years we've been doing our own ballots. Who gets to seventy five percent? How are we voting as compared to the writers? So we'll have a podcast in which we unveil our Hall of Fame announcement. So all that's coming up on the Evan Roberts podcast. By the way. Uh, we're on at a later time now, in case you don't know. Joe and I now do a show that begins at 2 o'clock as opposed to 10 a.m. I is don't know it, if you know is that. Is that Eastern or what, how, what times? Eastern Standard Time. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Did you know that we're on at 2 I, now? I didn't realize that. Congratulations. Thank That's you exciting. very much. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. We have to work an extra hour now. How does that work? Does, do you still bike? How do you bike at nighttime? I'm not answering that right now. <laughs> I should do a whole podcast about that, <laughs> my biking situation. And like when you wake up now, oh, that's, it's that's a, the whole thing. I could do, I could do an hour on that. <laughs> Thank you, Dennis. Great job as always. This has been your Royal Rumble title match retro- retrospective. You can check out the archives. We've done tons of these. So if you just go to the Evan Roberts podcast and go back, we've done Survivor Series, the Rumble, all that. And we do have a few more wrestling podcasts coming up, a Royal Rumble preview, this Royal Rumble, and of course, a Royal Rumble instant reaction. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast.